The third reading from chapter 22 is verses 14 through 17. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. In verse 14 is the seventh and last beatitude in Revelation. It declares as blessed those who live by his commandments and grants rewards, access to the tree of life with its twelve fruits and healing leaves in Revelation 22 verse 2, and the right to enter the holy city, the new Jerusalem, which came down from heaven, described in Revelation 22 verses 9 to 21. In verse 15, we read of those unclean things which are forever prohibited from entering the city, dogs, sorcerers, the sexually immoral, and liars. The concept of unclean things kept outside the gate has a long history in the Hebrew tradition, including preparation of meats for use on the altar, burials, and such acts as crucifixion. A likely Old Testament precedent reflecting this dislike of dogs is Proverbs 26.11, a dog returns to his own vomit. A New Testament precedent is Philippians 3.2, quote, beware of dogs, unquote, a linking of dogs considered unclean scavengers with the wicked. In verse 16, the lineage of Jesus is broadened from earlier claims by St. John himself or by Jesus in chapters 1, 2, 3, and in Revelation 22, 13. St. John again uses the Greek ego imi that is unique to the writings of St. John. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Other AIC resources about which there will be more detail at the end of this episode include the New Testament Gospels video series with 12 examples of I Am declarations in the Gospel of John and a shorter explanation in the I Am entry in the AIC bookstore publication, Layman's Lexicon. The Old Testament precedent for the I Am declaration is God's answer to the question raised by Moses concerning what he should tell the people. In Exodus 3, 14 and 15, in the SAAS translation, he says, I am the existing one. Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the existing one sent me to you. The Hebrew text is Eye Asher Eye, for which the Greek equivalent is Ego Aimi. The Old Testament precedents for root and offspring of David are two prophecies of Isaiah concerning the one who was to come in the line of Jesse, whose son David was king. In Isaiah 11.1, 1, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots.
This one is called O Radix Jesse, or Root of Jesse, in the Great O Antiphon's Office for the Final Seven Days of Advent, found in Occasional Services for Anglican Worship. The second Old Testament precedent, also from the Great O Antiphon's Office, is also from Isaiah, in this case Isaiah 22, verse 22. The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder, so he shall open and no one shall shut, and he shall shut and no one shall open. This verse is called O Clavis David, or Key of David, in the Great O Antiphon's Office in Occasional Services for Anglican Worship. Again, there is more detail at the end of the episode. The key of David is a symbol of authority, literally of the authority of King David, and ultimately to Jesus Christ, born in the line of David, consistent with the genealogy of Jesus in Luke chapter 3, verses 23 to 38. The final name, Bright and Morning Star, has several New Testament precedents including Revelation 2.28, the letter to the church at Thyatira, and I will give him the morning star, which was discussed in episode 6. And this from the Benedictus, or Song of Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, which includes reference to the Savior to come as, quote, a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, and, quote, the day spring from on high, who gives light to them who sit in darkness. The quotations are from Luke 1, verses 69, 78, and 79. The illustration is a 20th century fresco of Zacharias at the altar in the temple from the Greek Orthodox Church in Jerusalem. A third precedent is St. Peter's reference to Jesus as the day star who illuminates the heart of men in 2 Peter 1, verse 19. We also have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. The illustration is the 13th century Byzantine icon of St. Peter used previously. In the great O Antiphon service, the fifth Antiphon, O Orions, or Dayspring, refers to the brightness of the light everlasting, inspired by the I am the light of the world declaration in John 8.12. More detail about the great O antiphons is provided at the end of the episode. The illustration is The Light of the World, a mid-19th century oil on canvas by William Holman Hunt. In verse 17, both the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, the third divine person of the Holy Trinity, and the Bride, meaning Christ, issue an invitation. Come, those who hear and those who thirst. The meaning, understood as a liturgical invitation, may be lost to those in denominations or parishes which no longer use the morning prayer office, which includes the invitatory canticle, Venite Exaltimus Domino, based on Psalm 95, 1-7, 96-9, and 13. In the 1928 prayer book text, the first and sixth verses are, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. 
and O come, let us worship, and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. In the Eastern Church and in many Roman Catholic parishes using the pre-1979 Latin liturgy, the Holy Eucharist service begins with the invitation, O come, let us pray in peace to the Lord. In Revelation 22.16, and by extension in morning prayer and Holy Eucharist, it is an open invitation to, quote, him who thirsts, unquote, to partake of the water of life, mentioned in Revelation 22.1. As used in Revelation 22.17 and again in Revelation 22.20, it is one of only three times in the New Testament, paired with 1 Corinthians 16.22, in which the faithful openly call for the second coming and the day of judgment. I reserve detailed discussion for the commentary on verse 20 below, the final instance of its use in the New Testament. This invitation to, quote, him who hears, unquote, in verse 17, plays upon the many references in the Old Testament, including Ezekiel 3.27, quoted earlier, and in the New Testament concerning, quote, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, in Revelation 2.7, the letter to the church at Ephesus, 2.11 to the church at Smyrna, 2.17 at Pergamos, discussed in episode 5, 2.29 for the church at Thyatira, and 3.6 for the church at Sardis, discussed in episode 6. In Revelation 3.13, the letter to Philadelphia, discussed in episode 7, and in 3.22, the letter to Laodicea, discussed in episode 8, and, quote, he who has ears, let him hear, in Jesus' invitation in the parable of the sower in Mark 4, verses 3 to 9. St. John is acknowledging in verse 17, as he did in verse 11, Christian doctrine that all are invited, but not all will come when he says, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. This is the final invitation in Revelation, and by inclusion of whoever desires, suggests an invitation both for the longtime faithful and the recently repentant to take of the, quote, water of life offered in Revelation 22.1. The final reading from chapter 22 and from this series on Revelation is verses 18 to 21, which form an epilogue, not only for Act 5 in the Divine Drama, being chapters 21 and 22, but also for the whole book of Revelation. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Eastern Church scholars believe that it was Jesus' intention, spoken through St. John in his role as the prophet and seer, that the book of Revelation should be read aloud in the seven churches of Asia Minor. 
In the Western Church tradition, it is only the seven letters that are viewed in that way. In modern usage and practice, many denominations use some of the songs in Revelation and even more cite passages concerning the judgment by fire in chapters 20 and 21. But no major Christian denomination, whether in the Eastern or Western Church tradition, now actually incorporates Revelation in its liturgical reading cycle. Verses from it are frequently incorporated into burial rites. In these final verses in Revelation, the narrative voice changes, where it was Jesus himself and the Spirit speaking the invitation, come in verse 17, the voice in verses 18 to 21, except when he is quoting Jesus directly in verse 20a, is now John's. He begins with a stern warning to anyone who adds anything to the book or, quote, takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, unquote. An Old Testament precedent is God's instruction to the Hebrew people in Deuteronomy 4, verse 2a, before their crossing into Canaan, the promised land. You shall not add to the word with which I command you, nor take from it. The illustration for this and the remaining slides is a tempera and gold on parchment illumination of an elderly John seated in front of a writing desk in a Bible produced at Constantinople in 1285 AD and attributed to the hieromonk Theophilus. The penalties in verse 18a for adding to the book range from the plagues described earlier in Revelation and in verse 19 to the removal of one's name from the book of life and removal of the right to enter the new Jerusalem or holy city and the loss of, quote, things written in this book, unquote, meaning access into the new kingdom and the water of life offered in Revelation 19, 20, 21, and 22. Who did John mean here? Who would have been likely to add to or take from the book? The likely answer is that John, who in his service as the equivalent of Bishop of Ephesus, faced strong opposition from the group known as the Gnostics, and he may have been thinking about them because they had been the source of much heresy during his lifetime. It echoes the threat of punishment being a curse issued by St. Paul in Galatians 1, 8, and 9 to those who teach false gospels. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. From Galatians 1 verse 9. Accursed is a Western church translation of the Greek word anathema, which does not mean cursed in the modern sense, but that the one who expresses such views is outside the community of the church universal until they repent of heretical views. In verse 20a, the voice changes again, and it is Jesus who speaks, saying, Surely I am coming quickly. Adding this line at the end of the book reinforces the statements earlier in Revelation, especially Revelation 22, 7, and 12, that the second coming is imminent. One should keep in mind that, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, 36, and 37, only the Father knows the when. 
St. John Chrysostom, the patron saint of the Anglican Internet Church, wrote in the late 4th century that not only do we not know the when, but that it is unwise spiritually to engage in speculation on the subject. It was his opinion and that of the AIC that the better course is to live a life always ready for it whenever it comes. In verse 20b, the narrative voice changes back to John the seer, who speaks the Amen with a renewed invitation. Amen, even so, means he is not using Amen in its traditional meaning of no more to be said. Then he issues an invitation, Come, Lord Jesus, which has the same meaning as the great Maranatha in 1 Corinthians 16.22, O Lord, come using the NKJV text, and not translated in the King James text. Spoken in this way, whether using Maranatha or Erkalmahi, it is an open invitation to the day of divine judgment. According to many scholars based upon the Didache, a first century book of prayers, Maranatha was used in the same way in the early church liturgies. Revelation comes to a close in verse 21 with this benediction, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. While you all may originally have meant the members of the seven churches of Asia Minor when it was read there, St. John's benediction has been widely used in Christian worship since the first century. The most important of the other AIC resources for topics discussed in this episode is the companion AIC bookstore publication launched from this series, Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation. This unique book is presented in 214 pages plus full-color illustrations front and back using high-quality paper in 8.5 by 8.5 format. The book features all 51 illustrations of Revelation from the Bamberg Apocalypse, an early 11th century Ottonian-era manuscript produced in the scriptorium at Reichenau Monastery on Lake Constance in southern Germany. Of the surviving manuscripts of Revelation from the 8th to the 14th century, the Bamberg Apocalypse stands alone for the high quality of its illustrations and for the fidelity to scripture of the supervising monk Leuthar, his local artists, and experts in Byzantine scriptural art who were brought to Germany from the imperial city of Constantinople. The illustrations were provided to the AIC by the Bamberg State Library, Bamberg, Germany, in very high-resolution format. I thank the library for its cooperation in producing this unique work. Commentary on the verses is printed in 13-point type using the New King James Version text and is integrated with the illuminations in sizes as close as possible to their original use. The River of Life and Tree of Life is printed on page 185. Other features are my five-page primer on numerology and revelation, and 19 special text boxes referenced throughout this series. These include a guide to reading Revelation, created versus uncreated light, Lord God Almighty in Revelation, 
and God versus Satan in Scripture. The book is available in both paperback and Kindle editions. To prevent distortion and separation of picture and description on electronic devices, the Kindle edition is an electronic facsimile of the print edition. Like all AIC bookstore publications, it is available on demand through my Amazon Author Central page, https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. From the AIC Bible Study video series New Testament Gospels, the I Am Declarations, which are unique to the Gospel of John, are the subject of episode 29 through episode 35. John's account of the healing of the man born blind at the Pool of Siloam, the fourth of seven signs in the Gospel of John, is discussed and illustrated in episode 37. Episodes are linked from the Bible Study New Testament pages at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. From another Christian education video series, The Great O Antiphons, with one episode each for the final seven days of Advent, beginning on December 18th. Key words in this episode are O Adonai, or Lord God, for December 19th, O Radix Jesse, or Root of Jesse, on December 20th, O Clavis David, or Key of David, on December 21st, and O Orions, or Dayspring, on December 22nd. The written text of all seven offices is printed in the AIC Bookstore Publications Occasional Services for Anglican Worship and Hear Us, O Lord, Daily Prayers for the Laity. From the Christian Education video series The Nicene Creed, presented in eight episodes, the addition of Whose Kingdom Shall Have No End to the Description of Jesus Christ is discussed in episode six. Other books from the AIC bookstore include The Gospel of John, annotated and illustrated, presented in 198 pages with 86 illustrations. The Healing of the Man Born Blind at the Pool of Siloam is discussed in Chapter 9 and is illustrated on pages 85 and 86. From the Writing Prophets of the Old Testament, of the prophets mentioned in this episode, both are major prophets, including Isaiah and Ezekiel, who are found respectively on pages 13 to 20 and 29 to 36. From Layman's Lexicon, a handbook of Theological, scriptural, and liturgical terms. There are nearly two dozen key words used in this episode from amen to witness, and far too many to display on this page. In Christian spirituality and Anglican perspective, the concept of the order of procession from Father to Son to Holy Spirit and in reverse in prayer, as interpreted by the Blessed Lancelot Andrews is discussed in part one of the book. The concept of ways to see the unseen face of God is discussed in part two. 
Finally, the key to accessing everything produced by the Anglican Internet Church is available at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, where we've made it easier for you to learn about Christian education, doctrine, worship, and study using your preferred way of learning. You can watch our Bible study, Christian education, and seasonal video series using the links on either the digital library or Bible study pages. If you prefer listening, you can listen to the podcast versions of any of our videos using the links on the podcast archive page or to our podcast homilies for all the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer using the links on the podcast homilies page. If you prefer written works, you can access any of the 17 AIC bookstore publications, all but one available in both paperback and Kindle editions, using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage, or directly using my Amazon Author Central page, https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen e hyphen Shibley. Everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. I also invite you to subscribe to my blog page at www.anglicaninternetchurch accessible through the Father Ron's blog tab at the top or the bottom of any page on the site. By clicking the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend, you'll be invited to register your email address and receive notice of all new postings. Please be assured that we do not share subscriber information with any other organization, and you can ask for the removal of your address at any time. I thank you for joining me for these 28 videos on Revelation and the companion podcast versions. I hope I have successfully demonstrated first the depth and breadth of St. John's knowledge of Hebrew and Christian literature, both canonical and non-canonical, history and understanding of numerology, and his very formidable talents as a theologian, a dramatist, and a poet, and finally his influence on traditional Christian doctrine concerning the second coming and the general judgment. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.